We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in this evening with you for another hour. Uh, I just got a fantastic text uh, during the break, and uh, I asked the I asked this person to give us a call because I would really love to discuss this with him on air. This is the kind of big ideas that I love to discuss. And here's the text. Mr. Young, does freedom of speech include propaganda about rigged elections before the elections happen? You know as well as I do that millions still think the presidential election was rigged due to baloney, I didn't say baloney, propaganda by one man, exactly what happened in Germany in the 1930s, 1940s. Now, see, this is, this is the, a, a fantastic topic of conversation because it gets to the heart of what does freedom of speech really mean. And this is a, this is a topic that I'm passionate about. Because was the election a legitimate election in 2020? And I'm going to make some folks mad here. It was a legitimate election. Were there irregularities? Of course. Show me an election where there weren't irregularities. I mean, Chicago dead people, dead voters in Chicago got John F. Kennedy elected in 1960. Okay? Every election has voting irregularities and problems. But was the outcome of the election materially changed because of voter irregularities? There's no evidence of that. None. There's speculation. There's hyperbole. But there's no evidence that the election in 2020 was rigged. None. And folks who do are exercising their freedom of speech. Just like, just like in 2016. What happened in 2016 when President Trump won? Immediately, before the night was over, people from the Clinton campaign started saying that the Russians bought uh, advertising on Facebook and rigged the election, and therefore it wasn't a legitimate election. And therefore, President Trump did not really win. Over $100,000 ad buy on Facebook. Are you kidding me? Uh, That's absurd. But do they have the right to say that? Absolutely they do. Absolutely, they do. Stacey Abrams ran for governor of Georgia. And to this day, she claims that she won the election and it was rigged and she should be the legitimate governor of Georgia. 
Is she wrong? Of course. Of course she's wrong. Should she be allowed to say that? Absolutely. Because that's what the First Amendment stands for. You see, it's not just the freedom of speech, my friends. The First Amendment and the concept of the freedom of speech involves the freedom of thought. It involves the freedom to reason. And and to have a freedom to say something good, you have to have the freedom to say something stupid. Those two freedoms are intertwined. If you take away one, you take away the other. Look right now in China. If you say something that's true, you could not only be censored in China, you you can die of the joke used to be in the old Soviet Union, you die of lead poisoning. You know, that's a euphemistic way of saying get shot, okay? But there's no freedom of speech in China. So that means the freedom to say what's true and what's real and what's accurate is suppressed because the government wants to put out propaganda. And in this country, the press, in a zealous-like fashion, parceled every single word that President Trump said for four years. And they're still doing it today. Okay, I read that uh, NPR is all upset with Trump because he hung up during an interview with them, and they're criticizing him for that. So he's still in the news. But the point is, were the press wrong to try to hold Trump accountable? No. Did they falsely state a lot of things that he said where he was kidding and, and when he was uh, not being serious and they tried to report it as fact? That was wrong. But holding the president accountable for what he says is never wrong. And yet that same press that would hold Trump accountable for every single word that he said now are AWOL. President Biden said he said yesterday in a speech that he got arrested protesting with Martin Luther King. He never got arrested for doing that. But why isn't anyone reporting that? Because the press only selectively holds government officials accountable. And it's based upon their bias. So, yes, freedom of speech must include propaganda because the power to determine what's true is the the same power that can suppress what is true, i.e. China, Soviet Union, modern-day Russia, and apparently social media. Because if you said just about two years ago that uh, that the the Chinese virus was escaped from a lab, you would be kicked off of social media. And today, the predominance of the evidence shows that it did not form in nature. It was not naturally formed, and it escaped from a lab. So they were suppressing the truth because they didn't like the consequences of the truth. So please don't forget, the power to suppress foolishness is the same power to suppress truth. That's why freedom of speech, even if it allows someone to to spew lies about an outcome of an election, that has to be allowed to continue in order to allow truth and correctness and accuracy to be also discussed popularly or discussed rather uh, uh, we can't have our, our freedom squelched in those areas is what I'm trying to say. And so uh, I hope that that, I hope that that rings true. I just got another 
uh, text that said, I enjoyed your show, uh, enjoying your show, bad timing, calling in. Thanks for touching on my thoughts some other time for sure. So I hope that you do call in. That's the person that texted about suppressing what appears to be President Trump. Uh, and I hope those ideas uh, are those seeds are planted and are growing abundantly because, folks, we got to have freedom of speech. Another freedom that we have, which is under fire today, freedom of religion. And after this break, we're going to talk to faith expert Sharon Bolin about how the pandemic has impacted churches and millennials across the country in a way that I think is extremely, extremely negative. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Brad Young at your service. We'll be right back. Back at your service. Brad Young in with you this evening. And you've heard me point this out before, that, that COVID has accelerated trends that were already in motion before we got hit with this pandemic. You know, like working from home or telemedicine or video conferencing. All those things were were in place but were accelerated because of COVID. Well, one trend that was also in motion pre-COVID was the slow decrease of church attendance, particularly with millennials. But just like so many other trends, I think COVID has expedited this as well. Joining us this evening is faith expert Sharon Boland to talk about how COVID has impacted the faith of Americans. Hey, Sharon, thanks for joining us this evening on CAMOX. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, it's not uncommon for people to seek out God during times of hardship. I mean, we a lot of us have heard the phrase that I, I think came out of World War One, which was, there are no atheists in foxholes. But it seems like during this pandemic, We've seen the opposite occurring, haven't we? We definitely have, and I think that that's really due to fear. You know, um, the media has been such an advocate of fear, and I think people have bought into that. And it doesn't mean that we don't use wisdom and, and know how to navigate through these waters, and this, we are in an uncharted territory. However, I believe that church attendance has really dropped off because People are watching the news day and night, and they're fearing. And church really is a foundation of faith. And if we don't have faith in something bigger than a virus, you know, how are we going to survive? We've got to be able to have a um, really, I believe, a coming together and a uniting that builds our faith again. Hmm. We're we're talking to Sharon Boland, faith expert, and. Uh, a Pew Research Center survey was released uh, recently that 
showed 29% of U.S. adults said they had no religious affiliation. And this was a six percent, a six percentage point increase in just five years, with millennials leading the shift. So, when you look at various age groups, Sharon, this seems to be occurring more with millennials than other age groups, doesn't it? Absolutely, and it's it's really disappointing, and it's something that we should be paying attention to. Why are these numbers dropping off? Why are they declining? I don't believe that we are really addressing a lot of the issues that they're having. Today, we have an identity crisis. You know, look at our millennials. We have um, a surge of mental illness, people having uh, thoughts of suicide, and, mm-hmm. and, and they're going through so much, and they have to know who they are. I think the church has to reach out and show people who they are, their identity. What were you born to do? Why were you created? And I think we've lost sight of that. And also, showing people purpose. What is your purpose for living? Why are you here? And and that's really my message. That's something that I love to do is to tell people a, a, a way of finding their identity and show them how to get hope, especially during times like this. So this generation really, I believe, needs to come to a, a, a message of faith and hope, identity, purpose. And those are the messages I think we're lacking. So if we can come back to those kind of messages, I think we will see um, a turnaround in these numbers. You know, as any person of faith will, will tell you, attending church and having a personal relationship with God are two different things. And I I referenced this Pew Research study a moment ago, and one of the other stats from that research study showed that 32% of Americans said that they seldom or never pray. And that's almost double the number of people who reported that same thing just in 2007. So I guess my question is, you can say fewer people are going to church, but is there something more dire going on here if people aren't even feeling that they can pray to God at any point in time? I do. I I think it's just the way the culture is. I mean, look at our culture. Look at America, a nation that was founded on faith, built on prayer, but built on the Word of God. Our founding fathers were praying men. But look at where we are right now. We've taken God out of school. So we started with that decades ago, and we've now taken him out of government. We've taken him out of our universities. We're taking him out of our homes. So we're going to continue to see this because we don't really need God when everything is good. But right now we're in a pandemic. And I think this is an opportunity for our nation to turn back to God if the church as a whole will begin to start bringing messages of hope, healing, showing people they can have an identity, showing them who they are. I think we can turn this around. But the culture that we're living in, society as a whole, is absolutely wanting to get God out of our nation. And it's affecting our our young people. It it really is. We're talking to faith expert Sharon Boland. She's with Fullness of Glory Ministries. And one of the things uh, that that my pastor likes to say is that the the message, uh, the methodology of, of giving the gospel message can change, but the message has to stay the same. From your perspective, how does the methodology or how should the methodology change now that we're, you know, in the mid 21st century now? How should that methodology change to maybe attract more millennials? Well, I really think you have to reach people where they are. That is so important. So.
So we have to find out where are they? Where's their mindset? What's important to them? What do they gravitate towards? If you look at social media, you can really find a lot of stats from social media. And really, social media is also such a big influence. So I think that we have to be able to to be creative in our outreach to them, but reach them where they are, hit them with subjects that are important to them. And I really believe it comes back to what I'm saying, identity and purpose. These are the two important things. People want to know who they are, why they're here, and what's their purpose? Where are they going? And if we can't show them that there's something greater than what they see in this realm, then we're going we're, we're gonna to lose them. And we have to show them that there's a creator, and he loves them, and he created them with a purpose. And I believe that there's a way to do that to bring this generation back to God. Mm-hmm. Well, do, do you agree with what I said earlier, that this was a trend that was already kind of in place before COVID, but COVID has expedited that trend. Yes, I do. And I, I, I think it goes back to what I said. It's the culture. Our culture is to get God out of our nation and just rely on government to take care of us. But we all, those are Christians, may I say, those that are Christians, we know that our hope and faith is not in government. Our hope and faith is in God. And we have to get this downward trend that we're seeing of people that are really turning away from God to realize that, hey, you know what? I've got to realize there's something greater than what I see, greater than this this dimension of living. And it's a higher dimension that comes through, of course, knowing Jesus Christ. But, yes, I do agree with you that this has been happening for many, many years. We're just seeing it now, I think, accelerating. But we've definitely been on this downward uh, slide, and we have to turn this around. We're talking to faith expert Sharon Bolin. And uh, one of the things, at least that I I know about my my kids, uh, some some of whom are millennials, is that millennials place a great importance on communication and connectivity. And yet, you know, if you think about over the last few months, churches were just kind of getting back to reopening, and then Omicron hit, and now many churches are going back to limited gatherings or virtual services. So I guess my question is, given that idea that that, uh, that folks in general, but really millennials in particular, uh, place a great importance on connection and community, how can people weather this storm that we're currently going through and stay connected from a faith perspective during this time of uncertainty? Well, think about what is a church, really. You know, the church, we are the church, and we were created for fellowship and community. Nobody's an island. Now, you can sit at home and watch alone, you know, online, and that's all great, but it's completely different if you attend a service in person. And people need people. So I believe that churches as a whole, as a, as a whole, have really missed it here and have have really caved to the fear. Instead of keeping those doors open, keeping it available for people to come in and pray if they want to, fellowship if they want to, doesn't mean we don't apply the guidelines, you know, sure. social distancing, masking, whatever you want to do. But at the same time, we've got to get people to fellowship again and have community again. And this is really hurting us. I think the mental illness that we're seeing this spike is due to this. We are not coming together because when people come together, especially in a church setting, you get encouragement. You get hope. You you, you feel like somebody loves you, somebody you can touch and, and talk to and somebody that's there. 
So we really, really need to come back to that. And I'm encouraging pastors and leaders keep those doors open and let people, you know, have that opportunity for person-to-person fellowship. Sharon Boland, you're an author, you're a public speaker, you're a thought leader, uh, you're involved, obviously, with Fullness of Glory Ministries. How can people find out more about what you do? Well, I'd love for uh, y'all to visit me at my website, SharonBoland.com. That's B as in boy, O-L-A-N, SharonBoland.com. I'm doing a series right now, uh, 21 Days of Fasting and Prayer, and the theme is triumph. How do we triumph in this life, especially with what we're going through right now? How do you really live a life where you see victory instead of defeat? So I'm doing a teaching every day for 21 days on that. Of course, I have many messages to encourage those. And you can always email me if you're going through a tough time. We are here to pray for you and help you. Um, That's what we do. And I want to see people flourish and prosper, and I want to see them grow up in their faith. And anything I can do to help you, that's why we're here. But feel free to visit our website, SharonBolin.com. Sharon, hey, thank you so much for what you do, and thanks for joining us this evening on CamelX. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good evening. You too. Hey, when we come back, uh, again, phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. Call or text more news of the day, and I would love to hear your thoughts. Brad Young at your service. Be right back. Ryan Record today. You remember Ryan? He was right here, host of Overnight America for four years, did a fantastic job. Ryan's a great guy. Of course, he's not gone. He's here every day on St. Louis Talks uh, from 11 to 2. And I was talking to him today because he is in the slot here on Camo X that was formerly held by Rush Limbaugh. And uh, and so we were we were we talked a little bit about that. And uh, while we were discussing it, Actually, Ryan reminded me that today is would have been Rush Limbaugh's 71st birthday today. And so Ryan emailed me a clip, and I remember in years past he played this clip, but it's two clips, and i got to set it up because they're together. But the first part is Jack Buck's Hall of Fame speech. And then it goes straight to Rush Limbaugh, which was a clip from his show on the very next day. And what's interesting about this clip is that he talks, Limbaugh talks about his love for Camo X, his love and admiration of Jack Buck, and he really relates how much he uh, really appreciated Camo X. And as we learned, you know, Ryan Recker did uh, one of these uh, documentaries on Bob Hyland about a year and a half ago. And we learned, I learned something new there that, that Bob Hyland tried to get Rush Limbaugh to come on Camel X. Tried to get him to stop his show and come on Camel X and just to work here in St. Louis. And that didn't happen. That was right when things were transitioning from more local radio to nationwide syndicated radio. But what's interesting about this clip is, again, it starts with Jack Buck's speech for the Hall of Fame and then goes straight into Rush Limbaugh talking about his love for Camo X and his love for Jack Buck. And on the 71st birthday of Rush Limbaugh, here's what he had to say. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Mike Rorty and Harry Carey, two of my very best friends. And good evening. I have been given 90 seconds to tell you how proud I am to accept this award 
in this honor. I can't even think of the names of my kids in 90 seconds. <laughs> but I do accept this honor on behalf of Bob Hyland, Sam Diggs, Dick Brescia, Frank Miller, Rod Zimmerman, Bob Kipperman, Frank Murphy, Anheuser-Busch, KMOX Radio, the Cardinals, CBS, my family, and everyone who heard me speak on the radio. I'm grateful for the bat of Stan Musial, the arm of Bob Gibson, the legs of Lou Brock, and the glove of Ozzie Smith. Turn the radio on. You'll hear a friend. You will enjoy. You will learn. You will imagine. You will improve. Turn the radio on at home, in your car, in prison, on the beach, in a nursing home. You will not be alone. You will not be lonely. Newspapers fold. Magazines come and go. Television self-destructs. Radio remains the trusted common denominator in this nation. Many of my friends have made the trip from St. Louis to be here and from New York, and I appreciate their travel. My wife, Carol, and seven of my eight kids are here. Beverly, Jack, Chris, Bonnie, Dan, Betsy, Julie, all but Joe, who announced the 49ers game today. I am proud of them, and I know they are proud of me. There is one aspect of our profession that I am not proud of, and that is dirty radio. I wish that the owners, the general managers, and the no-talent announcers who swim in the field of dirty radio would go away. We don't want you. We don't want you. We certainly don't need you. And I ask advertisers, please, not to sponsor Dirty Radio and Mr. and Mrs. America. Please don't listen. After 47 years of broadcasting, I wish I were just beginning. Thank you. By the way, I, before we go back to the phones, I want to say one other thing about the Radio Hall of Fame. I've been debating whether or not I should say this because if you single out one person, it might sound as though you are diminishing others. And I really don't intend that. Um, I have not been privileged to know all of those who were inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame last night. But I did know, do know one of them, uh, aside from Ed, and that's Jack Buck. And I'll tell you, folks, uh, he's, he was, uh, aside from Ed and me, he was the class of the night at the Radio Hall of Fame. And I don't mean that as a put down to anybody else. It's just Jack Buck is uh, <clears throat> a walking icon. He is, he is a man, when he got up there, like Paul Harvey, the room came to a dead halt dead stop everybody wanted to hear what he had to say uh he's a man i grew up with uh, in a way i mean he was st louis cardinals play-by-play -play announcer with harry carey and i grew up listening to him on KMOX. and throughout my radio career KMOX was always a radio station i wanted to work at there were two of them two radio stations that that i just 
my career would have been made if I would have ever gotten a job at either one of them. KMOX was one. And Jack Buck is just the consummate professional. He is, there's no better Toastmaster in America. There's no better MC in America. There's, you have to look far and, and wide to find a better sports play-by-play. -play. Wit, charm, a dry sense of humor, large family. <clears throat> I think he's got eight or nine kids. In fact, like he, gave, he was given 90 seconds last night to uh, deliver his acceptance remarks, and he said, heck, in 90 seconds, I can't even remember all my kids' names. But then, of course, later he did. Um, but it was, it was a thrill, and it's, it's been a thrill to get to know him. We um, uh, started the show a couple years ago on KMOX, and one of the highlights has been able to actually sit in the St. Louis Cardinals radio booth uh, for an inning with uh, Jack Buck at Bush Stadium. And he's a guy you wonder how come it took so long for him to get in. But doesn't matter. He's, he's, he is in and is genuinely one of the true class individuals in all of America, not just in radio, but it's because of people like Jack Buck that radio enjoys the reputation it does. He's just... You, I, I don't, I don't want to go too far here because there, there, it's impossible to say too many positive things about him as an individual and as a as a talented radio person um, and as a family man and he's uh, <clears throat> he just brought the house down last night with his remarks uh, and he was uh, he along with Ed I'd have to say were the class of the night and uh, Harry Carey inducted him and a guy from uh, a friend of theirs from Anheuser-Busch that was a hoot that <laughs> yeah, was fun it just is you don't meet too many people like that. And uh, then to be able to call them your friend, that's just a thrill. It's a, it's a blessing. Back to the phones. Matt in Buffalo, New York. Hello. Welcome to the EIB Network. I wanted you to hear that for a lot of reasons. In fact, I just got a text. Thank you so much for playing the Jack Buck Radio Hall of Fame speech in Rush Limbaugh. You're welcome. And I played it for this reason. When radio, when Limbaugh was just setting records in radio, in the 80s, late 80s, all through the 90s, early in the 2000s. There were calls, repeated calls, to censor him, that he wasn't, shouldn't be allowed to speak. And today the same voices that were calling for censorship of Rush Limbaugh are now calling for censorship in social media. The difference is this. The difference is, is that the radio stations where Limbaugh was on the air, including this one, didn't necessarily agree with what Rush said, one way or the other. But they supported free speech, and they supported the, the marketplace of ideas, and none, no one was better than Rush Limbaugh at articulating in the marketplace of ideas. And so a poll came out uh, just actually yesterday that showed that when it comes to social media, 57% of Democrats today favor social media restricting free speech. 57% of, of uh, Democrats. 57% of Democrats. And just three years ago, only 25% of Democrats expressed a desire for social media to restrict free speech. So that number has more than doubled in just three years. From 25% of Democrats 
to now 57% of Democrats as of last week. And folks, that's a scary proposition. So not only was it Rush Limbaugh's birthday today, he would have been 71. I wanted to play that clip because it was his birthday. But it fits in with our theme this evening because Rush was a champion of free speech. Gladly so. And for those who are today calling for restrictions on free speech, it, to me, I think we need to be reminded of the power of the marketplace of ideas. And Rush harnessed that power. He became the largest, had the largest audience in radio, certainly modern radio history. And he dominated the medium in a way that no one else has or is currently doing. And so on his, what would have been his 71st birthday, I salute you, Rush Limbaugh. And also I give his example as a warning to all of us, particularly those in the Democrat Party who are once again calling for restrictions on free speech. And to them, I tell you, no. We should not ever restrict free speech. Even if someone is, as one person texted earlier this evening, blathering about uh, spewing lies about election results. That's the idea in the marketplace of ideas. They get to spew those wrong theories, just like Hillary Clinton said she won the election in 2016, and Stacey Abrams said that she won the governorship race in Alabama uh, just two years ago. They get to say those things. Because we get to challenge them with facts and with reason. And the way that you win in the marketplace of ideas is not by censoring free speech. And Rush Limbaugh was the greatest champion of free speech imaginable. Hey, after this break, we've got one last segment. If, uh, if you've got some thoughts or memories of Rush Limbaugh on this, his 71st birthday, let us know. 314 436 7900. Brad Young at your service. We'll be right back. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service, our last segment. Having a point. That's something that Rush Limbaugh always did. You could agree with him. You could disagree with him. But there was no question he was one of the greatest champions of free speech. Uh, Norm has been uh, holding through the break. Hey, uh, Norm, welcome to KMOX. Hi there. I've been a Rush Limbaugh fan for years. I, I was a fan when he was on television in St. Louis years ago. I remember that. That was in the, that was around 1991, 1992. I thought it was earlier than that. Well, he, he, he didn't come on KMOX until 1990. I think he was on a different station from 88 to 90. And then I think yeah. he got his TV show after he came on KMOX. But yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. But anyhow, you know what I did this morning? What's that? I, well, I was going to turn this, my outside lights on at 12.01 a.m. this morning and turn them off at 12.01 tomorrow morning in honor of Rush Limbaugh. And I'm going to do that again okay. on the date of his passing. And I just hope with these 50,000 red-hot watts that these people out here in Radio Land that agree with me 
that they do the same thing. So, and Norm, you're trying to start a trend here, right? You betcha. That is exactly what I want to do. I want to. Sh- I've always lived in Missouri, and I love our motto, the show me state. Absolutely. That's exactly what I want to do, you know. Well, you may you may start a trend here, Norm, of uh, turning on their lights to honor the uh, great and unfortunately late Rush Limbaugh, and just by turning on what your like your porch light, your front uh, porch light. Well, I got a porch light and another outside light on this uh, outside wall, but uh, I turned them on basically last night, maybe around uh, quarter after eleven at night. Okay. So I was a little early. Well, they were on. They were on most of the day. And And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Norm. Another way that Rush would be honored, not just by turning on your light, but by flying your American flag. Uh, I I fly my flag every day at my house. And uh, you know, in some circles today, Norm, if you fly a flag, people think you're square. You're weird. Uh, but to me, it says I'm proud of this country. Even the mistakes, the warts, the problems. You know, this place is not perfect, but this is still well, the greatest country that's ever existed. Rush was a neighbor, strong advocate of that, and so I would also suggest flying a flag. Well, see, my neighbor across the street has a flagpole. I do not. So that's when the light bulb thing came on. Okay. Okay. I've been a fan of Rush for a long time. I've actually made it in to call his show four times. Wow. But I, I could not get past Snurdly. <laughs> the last time was about President Obama's jobs program. And I told um, I told Snurdly my call, and he starts to laugh. He says, I can't put that on the air. And I said, well, I clean it up a little bit. And he said, yeah, I know, but I still can't put it on the air. <laughs> Well, don't so, don't tell us the blue version. We don't need to get into FCC problems. But uh, well, that that's funny because Bo Snurdly, you know, he just wrote a book. I think it just came out in the past year about what he saw in Rush Limbaugh. Well, what I like about Rush Limbaugh, he his parents, I understand, were upset because he didn't go to college. Yes, I saw somewhere uh, on the on this internet or whatever you want to call it on Google somewhere, uh, Russia's date of birth and date of passing. And then they also had some info where when he passed, he was worth $600 million. Wow. Not bad for a guy that didn't go to college. Not, not, not too bad for a guy that didn't go to college. Hey, we're coming up on a hard break at the end of the show. But, Norm, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for listening. It's great to uh, see. This is what At Your Service is all about. I'm glad you are, you know, participating in this show. I've gotten lots of texts tonight, tons of texts. In fact, I've I've gotten three just since Norm has called. I can't get through them all, but I appreciate you staying with us here on At Your Service. Uh, I'm on every Wednesday night until baseball season starts. So glad you're here with us on Camo X. He said it, 50,000 red hot watts, the voice of St. Louis. I'll see you not next Wednesday because there's basketball, but I'll see you in two weeks. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.